Welcome back to the Nolan Finley Show on the 910 AM Superstation. Chad Livingood joins us now. Chad from Cranes Detroit Business uh, is with us every Monday. Chad, good morning. Good morning, Nolan. Good day in Detroit. It is a fine day in Detroit. What are you all writing about over there at Cranes this week, Chad? Well, the story today is, is that everyone's uh, waiting for is uh, Matthew Maroon is going to give a press conference at 9 a.m. in front of the of the old Michigan Central Station. And uh, we widely expect him uh, to make uh, official Detroit's uh, worst-kept secret uh, that uh, Ford Motor Company has uh, bought the building. Um, we don't know exactly what he's going to say at this point, at this moment, but um, uh, you know we, we've confirmed already that an entity linked to Ford uh, that uh, uh, has has uh, has taken possession of the building, or at least the deed has uh, changed mm-hmm. hands. And um, and so in next week we expect Ford to have uh, uh, some kind of formal announcement, uh, potentially uh, laying out uh, a larger vision for Corktown uh, outside of the building that they already occupied at Rosa Parks and Michigan Avenue just so, uh, last month. How do, what do you expect this morning in terms of the structure of this announcement? Well, Matt um, was going to have a, uh, just a standard press conference in front of the, of the, um, uh, of the building. Um, I, I would expect that he talks a little bit about uh, the history of his father buying this building in yeah, uh, 1995. Yeah, Chad, no, I meant how this deal is going to work. Is it going to be an outright sale? Is it going to be a lease? Uh, what's what's this going to look like? Uh, well, they've, they've you know they've transferred it to another entity um, that's not uh, a maroon-owned entity. Uh, mm-hmm. We can find no evidence of that. So, I, I think it's a, it's an outright sale. I mean, the idea that that someone that someone that someone like Ford would lease this doesn't seem right. economically viable. If you're going to take on this building, you need to own this building. And 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 the and the, and the uh, you know immense liability of of, of of renovating it is going to be expensive. And so, um, I mean, the Maroons are rich, but they're not uh, Ford Motor Company, no. Ford family rich. Um, and so they you know they they don't um, they kind of made it clear. I mean, Matt Maroon in the past has told me that um, you know he would like to do some kind of a co-development, um, but that seems highly unlikely. Uh, in this case, um, uh, because it, it, again, if you're going to uh, really take this thing on, you're going to have to, um, you know, uh, own it all the way to the end. And 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 it was always kind of, you know, seen that it, it, that it would need you would need some kind of multinational corporation. That's the way Mayor Mike Duggan has kind of um, touted it back at the at the Cranes Detroit Homecoming when we had the big dinner in the, in, in the uh, in the in the first floor, uh, floor concourse in there. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Duggan, you know, kind of said that this this could be um, uh, any co- any company that wanted to have an internationally recognized uh, building, and it's internationally recognized because it's been abandoned and, and been this uh, symbol of Detroit ruin porn for the last thirty years. Uh, but um, uh, that's what the way Duggan has really sort of tried to pitch it that this could be some kind of landmark building for a big company. Um, and and Ford Motor Company seems like um, just the just the um, uh, multinational corporation that could really take this on uh, and and do it right. So Chad, what have we seen in terms of other property in Corktown? Has it all of a sudden been uh, going off the charts in terms of sale prices and 
and folks yeah, um, I mean, there's, snapping there's up property? Some, there's been some serious, you know, inflation of prices ever since uh, news of Ford's interest in the Quirks, in the train station broke back in mid-March uh, uh, now. And so um, we know that there's multiple properties along uh, K-Line Street and along um, the, the Fisher Service Drive that um, that have have been in play. Uh, we know there's a building behind called the Alchemy Building on Rosa Parks behind um, uh, behind the uh, the factory uh, that that uh, Ford has already occupied. That also could be in play. And then we also know that um, this same entity uh, that's uh, that's registered at a law firm that's done business for Ford uh, Motor uh, Company Credit in the, in the past. Yeah. Uh, they have they haven't they have also taken possession of. The old DPS uh, book depository building um, that had a fire many years ago, and has you know, and, and, and as you might recall, Charlie LaDuff famously found someone dead in there. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's been a derelict building there on 14th Street. It also provides you know the addition of possibly more office space. Um, some people have talked about it possibly being converted to a parking garage. Um, there's a couple, di- you know, there's a couple different options there. There's a lot of other land. I think we're going to find out next week for sure. But there's seemingly more property at stake and maybe a bigger play um, that's going to unfold here, but by Ford. Uh, and then you would expect some of Ford's suppliers, some of the other people who are working with the company in the mobility business, to want to locate nearby. That would that would seem like the idea is, is if you get uh, if you get a big presence here, you basically demand your suppliers uh, move here. Um, I mean, and Bill Ford Jr. has already been pretty uh, persuasive in this regard. This new flexing gate plant being built off of Van Dyke in the I-94 Industrial Park, a um, uh, big monstrous uh, um, auto parts plant that's, that's about to go online. Um, this this came about because Bill Ford Jr. kind of leaned on on um, uh, Shad Khan, uh, the billionaire owner and owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, to build this plant in Detroit, not to go out another greenfield out in the suburbs. And so, um, and they're going to be making uh, all the new all the parts for the new uh, Ford Ranger, which will be assembled at uh, Michigan Assembly in Wayne, uh, starting in October. And yet, we know that Ford Motor Company considered going to Annette. Ann Arbor, uh, when it when it was planning a mobility center and planning ways to attract young workers, what sold it on Corktown? Well, um, you know, there's uh, Bill Ford has said before that um, you know with, with the first Corktown purchase that um, part of it was where we were out of space in Dearborn, and the other part of it was that our employees want to be here. Uh, that there's um, uh, there's a, there's a, a attraction for talent to work. And live in an yeah. urban environment, and Corktown uh, has um, has uh, you know built-in uh, you know advantage of, of being a residential neighborhood um, just uh, west of downtown. And and yet and, there and is a lot of vacant space. There's a lot of building room in Corktown. There's there's a there's a ton of area still to to fill in, especially in that area between Corktown and Mexican Town. You're right. seeing some more and more of Mexican town and other parts of Southwest starting to get filled out. And, and frankly, because Southwest was never burnt out. Uh, yeah, it was never, right. you know, um, never, never uh, decimated the way uh, parts of the West side and the East side were. Um, and so it's, there's a, there's a natural advantage for, uh, for, for the, uh, the development to flow West. And I mean, the irony here is 
when when the, when the town's fathers in the, in the 19 teens built the train station, they intended that they put it out there for a reason, thinking that that that, that downtown development would just flow that way. Um, it never uh, it never quite uh, took root, um, and but uh, it, it it seems that um, you know a hundred years later there's an opportunity to do it. Do we would we expect maybe a computer commuter rail from Dearborn to Ann Ar- or Dearborn to Corktown and maybe out to Ann Arbor to you know facilitated by Ford Motor Company perhaps even operated by Ford Motor Company to get its people back and forth to those three key centers. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it would seem like you know, this would be the time and place and people to do it. Um, but Ford is also expected to bring its Ford Chariot uh, um, uh, rideshare service to Metro Detroit. Um, they've, they've been out hiring, uh, our, my colleagues at Automotive News have reported, they've been out hiring drivers. Um, and they've, they've been in other markets like uh, San Francisco and West Coast markets. And um, and so it would it would it wouldn't seem out of the realm of possibility that they would they would just have chariot uh, these four transit connect buses um, or these little uh, vans uh, running up and down Michigan Avenue uh, connecting uh, the main uh, you know the main headquarters and engineering offices with uh, with the um, with the hub out in Corktown and and um, you know when they when they moved when the folks moved into this, into the factory building at, at Rosa Parks in Michigan, uh, one of the one of the Ford company officials told me that they they intended to basically shuttle people back and forth in some capacity. There's only so much parking down there, right? Um, and that is that is I mean they do own a couple of parking lots they bought uh, right off of the Fisher Service Drive, uh, one of which was just being repaved a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you know there's. There's um, there's some logistics here, especially if you if you get the train station and the book depository building, um, you have the capacity for maybe two to three thousand people, um, and that's a that's a lot of people uh, in an area that doesn't have any parking garages. So how does Ford uh, Chariot work differently than Lyft and Uber? It's it's not much different other than it's it's run by Ford. Um, it's it's meant to be. A, a, um, a, a competitor of sorts um, uh, to work on kind of a commuter uh, line where you would pick up people um, in kind of succession. If you were, uh, you know, say you were basically running one down Grand River, and right. you would just pick up people, start in Livonia, and then and then you'd stop in, uh, you know, in the edge of Redford Township, and then you'd work your way down um, uh, kind of a line, a very similar to a bus. Uh, but maybe, uh, but but working its way towards um, towards a final destination. Um, there there are versions of this Lyft and Uber have uh, called Lyft Line, and there's an Uber um, uh, there's an Uber commuter uh, share commuter. But those are those are pretty much mostly found in in densely populated um, um, uh, big cities. We don't have that service here in Metro Detroit yet, could, and I'm aware of. Could this be the answer to our transit needs? Well, it, it could be one answer. Uh, it definitely has been th- talked about in in, uh, in Detroit for linking those sort of last mile um, to get to buses uh, to get to the main lines along um, along Gratiot and Woodward and, and Michigan and, and, and Grand River. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 one other option, and it's, it's another example how Ford Motor Company and all the automakers are really changing uh, immensely. 
their business plan, that they're going to be uh, in the business of, the, of taking people and goods places. And the ownership of vehicles is going is the model of just everyone owns a vehicle or leases it is not going to be the same uh, in three or four or five years from now. Um, could be totally turned on its head. These subscription services that businesses are get, or the automakers are getting into. That's why GM is an investor in Lyft, um, and Ford uh, has pursued this uh, to use its own vehicles and create this mobility solution. I think. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that is not integrated um, into into this uh, into this uh, Corktown campus. And Ford did had reached an agreement with Beaumont, I think, to move its patients back and forth and, they and did, collect yes, them they, from they, the region. So, I mean, this can play out in so many different ways. It's kind of interesting. I mean, the, the Ford is now going to be going sort of head to head with the uh, with the. Uh, the the the, num- the numerous um, uh, medical transport companies that are out there um, that do medical transport, private medical transports, mm-hmm. uh, they're basically competing for that business, uh, which I find interesting because that medical transport business is really a big business within the auto insurance um, uh, um, system because it, they pick up people and take them from doctor to doctor uh, and to their law firm too for 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 their um, for their um, uh, auto insurance claims. Chad, this is Kelly Cobb. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your piece over the weekend about Abdel Al-Sayed, the gubernatorial candidate. I remember when he was on the stage uh, uh, during the gubernatorial debate on Mackinac that Nolan uh, uh, moderated, uh, moderated uh, where he said, and you wrote it in the piece, I'm the only person who had to deliver a diagnosis and then watch as somebody had to figure out or worry about how they were going to pay for it let alone what the treatment was for that ailment. Uh, but you say, you've done some digging and say he doesn't even have doctor's credentials. He's not a licensed physician. What? He's, that's, that's right. He's, uh, he never went to a residency um, after, after med school at Columbia University, and uh, he never got licensed in New York or, or Michigan uh, to practice medicine. Uh, it's something that he kind of omits um, in his resume, and at times, and some doctors uh, I've talked with kind of take exception with the idea that he uses the term physician um, in his title. He uses it in campaign material, uh, and he routinely talks about being a doctor. Now, there's no, there, there's no doubt he has a medical doctorate. He is an MD. He can, he can talk about being a doctor. Right. Um, but, but he but, can't but, treat your itch, right? He can't treat your itch, um, and uh, and and when you talk to him about it, he you know he won't uh, he won't treat your itch. Um, I mean, so he, and he has a PhD in, in public health, and so he took this sort of pivot right in his last year of med school, uh, and decided to, to get into public health. He spent a year as a professor in, in an epidemiology department. And then he became, at age 30, the, um, the director of the, yeah. of the, of the uh, Detroit Public uh, Health Department. But so, how, how does um, he – have you asked him how he squares statements like, I'm the only person running for governor who has, to, has had to look someone in the eye and deliver a diagnosis? That's something you would assume is a practicing physician. That's something a practicing physician would say. He said he, said he, 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 he delivered diagnoses as a sub-intern. Um, fourth, during his fourth year of med school, uh, where you're, you're basically um, you're, you're working rounds with with attendant doctors who pro, who supervise that, um, there, there are some physicians who are a little skeptical of that. But um, 
that, that that's what he, that's his story, and um, and, and I, I wanted to add some context to it because he just kind of loosely throws around uh, that he's a doctor. It doesn't really explain, you know, what his doctor is. He's sort of like a is. chiropractor then. Yeah, the chiropractors are still licensed. He has a medical degree, though. Okay. Chad, live and good. Thanks for being with us. You can read Chad's stuff and Crane's Detroit business and and follow him online and catch him every Monday here on the 910 AM Superstation. Chad, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Nolan. And we got to get to a break.